welcome to yet another episode of the Logcast. It's uh, season three, episode four. I'm your host, David Jones, and uh, I'm here with Jeffren Perez. Hello there. Yeah. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. How about yourself? Doing all right. Um, a little bit later than we normally record, so it feels funny. But <laughs> yeah, well, we, we had some plans for a different topic, but that uh, didn't quite work out. So hopefully that will work uh, next week. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, we're still doing this anyway. Yeah. So so pardon us if this is a little bit shorter of an episode and if we don't have a really in-depth topic. I promise you we had something really, really cool planned and we had to re- hopefully reschedule that to a later date. And it will be really cool. So it'll be worth it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, in the meantime, in the meantime, we are, yeah. yeah, we're able to do our news update, which we otherwise probably wouldn't have been able to do this week. And there was there was a little bit of cool stuff that came about this week. Right. Yeah. So, um, do you want to dive right into that, or do you have anything? Well, else? we can kind of yeah, go over yeah. what we've been up yeah, to this week, can, what games we've been playing. Yeah. 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 Stick yeah to off it. topic. I, we sh- I should have actually had put something in front of me. to see the normal flow of episode that we do every week but somehow i'm not remembering um yeah so uh what you been playing jeff playing anything interesting let's see this week um over the last couple days i jumped back into red dead redemption Um, that's a good one which i had restarted back when it first came on backwards compatibility over the summer um but i never kind of got all the way into it but mm-hmm. i got past that opening it's a little bit slow with those uh things on the ranch right. and i just wasn't motivated but i got past those and now it's uh it's starting to open up i'm, I'm loving it just as i did seven years mm-hmm. ago cool yeah other than that i think uh, i've been still pecking away at rare replay got a few more stamps oh, some good choices to, yeah <laughs> i think i moved up to ambassador four or something like i gotta get up with that rare royalty yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like one behind Gotta get you. past me. Although I haven't, I haven't uh, gotten any new stamps in a while. It's hard though, because like the things I actually want to play on there the most, I have all the stamps for already. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's the motivation for the stamps yeah. is to get you to play ones that that's you probably true. wouldn't have. I know. I need to um, re replay through <laughs> Jet Force Gemini because um, that is one that I don't have yeah. all the stamps in, and I really I, enjoyed it. Uh, on the N64, but for whatever reason, I really haven't played it much on Rare Replay because there's been so many other games that I haven't put as much time into in the past that I've yeah. been devoting myself to more. I've so. gotten into it pro- probably a third of the way into it, if that. Mm-hmm. I, I have the uh, Juno and Vila unlocked. Right. I haven't gotten the dog yet, but so still pretty early on. It's good, it's, I think. It's good times, except for the triple collecting. <laughs> Right. Not triple. Tribal. <laughs> I called him. Tri- yeah, yeah. I know what you meant. Mixing up Star Trek. <laughs> Tribble's Tribble. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that one and Ghoulies are the two that I'm kind of looking to do next because I'm, I'm think I'm about two thirds of the way through Ghoulies. Mm. And I, I really enjoy it, but I cannot play it longer than like half an hour to oh, an right. hour at a time. Oh, right. Yeah, I know. I agree. It's, it's, a very, it's very bite-sized. I think yeah. it works perfect in a collection like Rare Replay because then you can just like, mm-hmm. you know, jump out of it and jump, jump in jump anything out. else but totally yeah uh what what my problem has been is and the reason i haven't been getting back into it is 
I've forgotten what all the little icons mean when you're like when you're quote unquote like beating a room like it gives you the requirements mm. I can't tell what any of those little icons mean so like I don't know if I'm supposed to kill things or not kill things or break things or not break things so I just like trial and error makes it that much more of a pain <laughs> <laughs> right I right. can probably just look it up I'm sure there's a guide with all the little icons yeah I know there's some games like that that I just completely fail at completing without some kind of guide yeah I, I've made it through like the base ghoulies without a guide, but if I wanted to actually 100% nice. it, I'd need it. But yeah, I, know, I was just thinking about this because of uh, you know um, we were talking about uh, Metroid in the chat earlier, and mm-hmm. I I cannot beat Metroid games without looking at hints. <laughs> I get stuck. Yeah, I I don't know if I could beat the older ones without a guide. Yeah, the um, it, the prime ones are fine because it tells you where to go if you oh, yeah. if you wait long enough. I but, beat yeah. three. Uh, without a guide um, the only yeah. other the only 2D Metroid game I've completed is Zero Mission though um, oh okay I have both both Metroid Fusion and uh, Super Metroid but I've been stuck in them for like years <laughs> and yeah. I haven't gotten to the, like look up a guide to, like, to actually try to figure out how to beat them like I don't even know what it is because I'm fine with like Zelda but there's something about like yeah. Metroid that doesn't agree it's with me it's interesting because they're they're not that dissimilar and Mm -hmm. if i guess if you break it down and think about it like it's pretty similar as far as needing an item to advance and going back to the same place that you were at before so i think a lot of it it is that i've played so much zelda like i know i understand a zelda puzzle yeah like i understand how the designers think and what they're going to do things i understand Mm -hmm. like look for look for walls to break that aren't necessarily break break look like they're breakable Mm -hmm. you know try pushing blocks in every single direction yeah. if you see one and it's like i know the tricks with metroids like right. i never really played it growing up so Same. i don't think i really understand exactly what to look yeah, for up- when i'm looking for secrets mm-hmm. yeah i picked up super metroid several years ago on the super nintendo mm-hmm. i just never never played it <laughs> i just need to do that yeah i they're good games i just get stuck and then i end up yeah. going into something else yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know why because Prime, there's the internet now. Prime was my first one and I you know, without the scan visor I would have been lost, you mm-hmm. know. And that three D map. The the map is helpful but not like a totally hand holding because it shows you where you need to get to, but it doesn't really give you what the path is to get there, so you have to kinda figure that out on your own, which like nine times out of ten is straightforward, but every once in a while you'll take the wrong split and end up at a door you can't open. So mm-hmm. you know, trial and error. But yeah, good games. Right. Cool, cool. And speaking of Zelda, that is what I've been playing this week. I've still been uh, getting through Phantom Hourglass. I'm getting, nice. getting a little bit of fatigue with it. Really? Oh, that sucks. Ah, uh, just the the way the game's set up, the dual mm. screens and the touch controls. It's just I don't know. Yeah. yeah I made I... it all the way to. I'm at the end of the. I don't know what the official name of the Goron Temple place. Okay. Yeah, I never, I never beat me. it. I played about halfway through it yeah. and I lost my cartridge. Oh, so sad. Wait, no, no. I just stopped playing that one because I got Phantom Hourglass. Then I lost that cartridge. But yeah, I just gave up on Hourglass. <laughs> yeah, and they keep having you go back to that, that uh, Temple of the Ocean King over and over again. Mm-hmm. I've heard Spirits Track, or Spirits Track is better in that regard. I, I liked it way better. Yeah. I loved it actually. I'm really bummed that I lost it. Um, 
One interesting thing I was kind of thinking about, though, that was kind of sad, is, like, I don't really... It's going to be very hard to make those games work on, like, a Switch virtual console if they go that route. Yeah, I don't I don't think they're going to... The only way would be, like, new play control, and you'd have to redesign the whole game, well, so I, I don't I, foresee it. I wouldn't say it's impossible. Um, you could Requiring you to play with the gamepad, yeah. Yeah, you could play with the game with the gamepad, or you could use the IR uh, pointer and play it on the TV very poorly. <laughs> Mm, that's true because it's it would be a widescreen so you could yeah it could work it just would yeah then there's the thing too with the microphone stuff like you'd have to have you'd have to map like just microphone function to a button and then explain Mm -hmm. that to the user up front that hey when this asks you to do microphone things you just actually have to press a button (laughs) yeah i don't think it'd be worth it i think they could do an updated 3ds version but even that right. i was like mm, it's only one generation i hope back. they do it but i'm kind of it's kind of sad that i feel like we might actually have end up having less virtual console options this time around because of certain because no ds yeah yeah but yeah. you never know i mean there is yeah. actually a puzzle in phantom hourglass that has a really weird way to do it on the virtual console um the time when you have to close your ds Mm-hmm. You have to just bring up the virtual console menu to assimilate the same thing. And there's like no explanation. <laughs> well, <that's laughs> I was funny. like, I can't believe they didn't actually explain this at like, you know, the purchase screen. Hey, there's going to be a point where you have to close your DS. This is how to assimilate it. But they never even explained it. So, oh, that sucks. Yeah, you I, know, had, to, I, I had to look it up. I, like, were, I have I no idea what playing it on here. the Wii U. I think I just assumed you were playing it on DS. No, I'm playing it on Wii U. Uh, gotcha. I, yeah. Lots of paint on the butt. Yeah. I, I still prefer to play DS games on the Wii U, but every mm-hmm. now and again you run into like some weird thing like that because most all totally. almost all the other functions are the same. Mm-hmm. Um, at least when you're playing okay. it playing it on Wii U, you could have one of the screens uh, blown up big on the TV, which is mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, and that's cool. Sound system, good sound system, and everything. So, right. But, well, yep. good deal. So with that. Uh, have you played any other games this week? Or are you um, ready to? Pretty much just that. I played a little bit of uh, Fire Emblem and the Fire Emblem Heroes game that just came out on iOS. Oh yeah, how's that? Uh, it's not as good as regular Fire Emblem, but Fair I mean enough. it's mobile. So yeah, I mean it's not bad for a mobile game. It's just I'm. It's still very unlike Super Mario Run. It's microtransaction centric. So mm, that sucks. Yeah, I mean it's still playable. I just I don't know. I found like it's one thing I never understand about about Nintendo's uh, uh, offering on uh, mobile is why is everything in portrait mode so far? I found that it's it's, it's kind of really annoying. I think, <laughs> especially for something like Fire Emblem where a portrait doesn't really make sense. I feel like it would make better to be in vertical so I can see more of the map. Mm-hmm. But I interesting. Don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. They they've got that whole one handed thing yeah. is their mantra i know i, I kind of think that's what they're going for because it's like you move your people by like dragging them around the field i don't know it mm-hmm. doesn't feel quite as fun to do it like that like something gotcha. about the strategic way i could move them on a grid before i don't know mm. so it's not bad i just don't think it's as it's it's not as good of experience as buying a you know actual retail fire emblem game Gotcha. Well, and that probably is to be expected, yeah. but <laughs> kind of disappointing. But oh well. I'll play a few more All of it. Right. And I'll let you know if it's if it, okay. if it grows on me more. Alrighty. Uh, with that, shall we move into our 
news, which is also our topic for the week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah our topic is news, because, yes. as explained earlier. Um, yeah, yeah um, first off, um, we had a new Sea of Thieves, um, was it Short Haul? Is that what they call them? Was no, it? this was a, a new series. It's called the Developer Gameplay Series. Oh, uh, okay. So for some reason, I was thinking it was like that was the name of this particular episode of one of their other... You know, no, the episode okay. is called We Come Bearing Gifts. We Come Bearing Gifts. Okay. Yes. And uh, if you'd like, I can give a rundown a little bit of what this one was about. Yeah, go ahead, Jeff. You're... Okay. Uh, so this one, uh, this new video series that they're starting is basically um, along the lines of the gameplay trailer from E3. They've got gameplay with uh, the person playing up in the corner talking. Um, and so we are following uh executive producer joe neat uh lead designer mike chapman and then the senior designers andy and shelly preston and uh it's a session from a couple weeks ago's technical alpha session so it was them playing with real real players you know like you and me um and essentially it starts at the beginning with them spawning on an island next to their ship and then uh, they decide that they uh they, they see a player ship uh, to the, I guess, the southeast or whatever, or northeast. It doesn't really matter. They see a player ship, and then they look at their treasure map and see that their treasure is in that direction. So they thought, at some point, I think Andy suggests, hey, why don't we go dig up the treasure and then give it to them? And he goes, don't, you know, don't shoot at them. Don't do anything. Just try to offer them treasure. So they, uh, they sail off. They go get their treasure. You know, no big deal. And then they start heading towards the player ship. And... For one reason or another, the players didn't have in-game chat on, or they just were aggressive. They just started firing on uh, the rare developers, and <laughs> like they were like, "Don't fire back! Don't fire back! We're gonna give them this treasure." And uh, they, you know, they, you see that the there's holes opening in the ship, and you see them go down to repair them. Um, you see all sorts of stuff that you kind of really hadn't seen in depth before in uh, any of their trailers. They'd kind of shown it in a quick snippet but they hadn't you know shown mm-hmm. prolonged visual of them repairing holes or you know what what coordination is really required to set the sails and, and head off you know and that you know they showed instruments playing while they one person steered and the other rest had set the sails like they didn't have anything to do so they played instruments um long story short they got over to the other ship um and were able to deliver the treasure but not after a couple of them were killed um andy took a cannonball to the head <laughs> which is a really funny moment in the uh in the, the video um joe got shot by one of the other guys and ended up in the ferry of the damned um, which is the the ghost ship and you kind of see how that mechanic works fully from you know from dying to respawning um so it's pretty pretty entertaining all around um definitely worth a watch about eight minutes long and uh, ultimately, they uh, they're able to deliver it, and they finally cease fire when they realize that they weren't a threat. <laughs> long after they'd caused a lot of damage and killed people, so <laughs> um, I think the the big takeaway from it is there's a lot of footage and full on showing what the process is um, that they hadn't really shown in any trailers or YouTube videos. They'd shown you know there was several gameplay videos from. Uh, Gamescom when they did their streams that showed all of this but uh, without the treasure so this is kind of the first um, first look 
at this build of the game um, for the public. Yeah. So pretty pretty cool. Nice that they're giving people a little bit of taste of yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Keep stringing out little juicy morsels. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. It's great for the uh it's great for the non insiders, I guess. Right. Um and it's it's great that we can actually talk about the things in this video because as we mentioned before, we're we're both in the alpha, but we can't really talk in depth about what we've seen, so we can talk about stuff in here. Right. So Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's always like uh the more you know, the more it becomes like you gotta watch yourself because it's like was oh, that in the video so or was that something I saw in the alpha? <laughs> right. Oh, it's it's really difficult. Right. I'm, I'm finding it not as enjoyable <laughs> as I was hoping. Um, it, it, well, it's a double-edged sword. It's like a billion times more enjoyable as far as playing it. But right. like, I am really bummed that we can't talk about it more. Um, you know, it is what it is, and it's Soon. it's yeah. a double-edged sword. Yeah, and, so and I, they keep saying that they want to allow us <clears throat> to be able to talk about it and stream it, but not until they've got it to a point where they're comfortable with that. And I understand completely. Right, it's just right. it's hard to remember what I can talk about and what I can't. Um, so I know, I, I'm definitely really sort of grateful to sort of be in a community of you guys. So, I mean, if I just was playing it by myself, you know, if I had just signed up in the forum, got into the alpha, mm-hmm. had no other rare fans to talk to <laughs> right, be, right. that were also in the alpha, you know, it'd be kind mm-hmm. of, uh, kind of maddening. Right. <laughs> Totally. I mean, at, at least for people like that, there is the alpha forums mm-hmm. or whatever. But you know, it's right. like you said, if you don't know people, it's not as, not even as fun as if you do. Mm-hmm. Which part of this is they they do want people to make friends. They want it, this to be this social, introductory thing. You know, or if you kill each other and you end up on the ferry of the damned, you kind of just start chit chatting and, um, maybe add each other on Xbox Live or something. But, um. You know, I, I think Joe actually talked about that in the last uh, podcast they put out. Just that that's, or maybe Mike, but either one of them. It's, it's kind of a design goal for them. So, you know, yeah, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anyway, uh, that's pretty much it for that. Uh, I don't think there's any other major news from, uh, from the week. Uh, Captain Bones admitted on Twitter that he is actually Spinal from Killer Instinct. He, oh, I must but, have uh, missed that. That makes perfect <laughs> sense. Yeah, I know. He he said it was him in disguise. Now, whether or not he's just telling a tall tale, who knows? He's been known to lie. <laughs> but it was pretty funny. It's interesting because Killer Instinct theoretically would take place in the future from Sea of Thieves. Right. So but... is Mr. Bones a time traveler? Well, no, he's, he says he's 600 years old and he is working, like he's a developer on Sea of Thieves today. So technically speaking, he's from the Oh, uh, okay, true. Because he's not actually, well, that we know As of, far as we know, he's not in the game, but I mean, there's no reason why he couldn't be in the game. That's true. 600 years ago. Exactly. So or, now he's just whatever. like, he could be recreating his past history and using his, his memories to help make the game. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Ah, uh, Fanon. <laughs> right. uh, um yeah I, I think as i said that's a probably about all we have for that um yeah next bit of news comes from our friends at platonic games and uh they have finally opened up um we opened up the backer kits 
and given people options to change um, how they want the game delivered to them uh, as far as console, which console, what uh, what version they want, and also given the option for uh, Wii U backers to get a refund if they wish. Um, they also address a little bit of the sort of I don't know what to call it a controversy. Uh, the the complaints of a lack of a physical release announcement, at least through the Kickstarter um, of the Switch version. Um, and they, uh, let me see exactly what they say here. Um, they say that they're working as hard and fast as they can and that they're not 100% certain of their plans. And, uh, okay. And said that through the Kickstarter, at least, that's only going to be digital. Uh, but they'd love to do a physical release, but they can't really anticipate any cost of it at this moment. So it's not something that they could, you know, promise before this needs to be locked down. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it sounds like they want it for, I know I really want it. <laughs> I think they know the fans really want it. So I'm about 90% sure it will happen. I think we just don't know when. Um, and all they can, they can, and that they're they're going as far as promising a Switch version, which is not mm-hmm. something they had really completely done last update. Right. So um, clearly they're working on it, and they'll pro- they'll probably know that it's going. They want that to be out for uh, their Nintendo fans as soon as yep. possible. Meaning probably as soon as the code works, they will push it out through the eShop. And then look into figuring out how to do a physical release rather than trying to, you know, delay the digital code to coincide with the physical release. So right. I understand why they're doing it. It's kind of a, a shame that they weren't able to start work on the Switch version sooner, but that's not really entirely their fault. Right. Yeah, it really yeah. isn't. Uh, so. You know, Nintendo should have sent out developer development kits like a year ago, realistically. Right. Which I'm sure to the AAA studios they might have because obviously there are launch games, but like, I don't know. I think Nintendo really rushed getting this thing to market and it is hurting the indie studios like Playtonic. Right. Which is just too bad. Yeah. I mean, I know there are, there are some, you know, obvious indie games coming, but a lot of them look a lot more, shall we say, I don't say simplistic, but probably a lot easier to port being you possibly know, yeah games. if they're sprite based ones and stuff like that yeah yeah I mean, um i mean this one running on unity should help um but yeah who knows i mean yeah, it still's got to be optimized yeah and you know when you come with 3d stuff you have you know concerns over frame rate and things like that mm-hmm. are a lot more right and we know the switch still isn't quite as as powerful as like the one or the ps4 yeah. so which it, I, I think it'll be f- enough power, especially because they were originally targeting um, the Wii, the Wii right. So I don't think they would have. That's com- true. They they wouldn't have designed the game to be completely out of the Wii U's capabilities. Right. I think it, it looks like it above. ended up being that anyway. Yeah. But to me, it seems like the extra power boost of uh, the Switch. It seems like it would be more than sufficient to run the game. Oh yeah. And I don't really no, see. For any- sure. I don't really see anything in ukulele besides like big environments. I was gonna say big draw distances. Yeah, stuff like that, which seems I mean, to be it. Yeah, with with the type of with the four gigs of RAM on the Switch should be enough to handle that, I would think. Um, Hopefully. Yeah, it's not like there's like a thousand like shaders and particle effects happening simultaneously in every frame, yeah. <laughs> like there is. Like, on although like, I mean, there's a few good looking ones. 
yeah, but, yeah. but it, it's it's more of uh, you know uh, it looks beautiful, but it's you know more artistic. Same way with Breath of the Wild, like beautiful, right, beautiful exactly. game, but there's still there's clearly not a million shaders or particle effects going on in every right. frame. They they use the power to the best of its ability and paint a beautiful picture with it. And it's similar with ukulele. So I, I don't exactly. think it's going to be a yeah a big problem. I was thinking about that actually the other day. Like if Nintendo got Breath of the Wild running on the Wii U, I'm sure Platonic could have gotten ukulele running on the Wii U. I think it just came down to it would have taken them another several months to to wrangle right. it in. And I think it just made more sense to not. Especially with it dying, and yeah, I think it would have clearly gotten an inferior version if it was on the Wii U. They probably yeah. could have got it working, but I don't think there would have been parody, and yeah. that also probably would have upset people. <laughs> so yeah. I also, I also just wonder if it was Nintendo themselves stepping in and saying, "Look, we really don't want this coming out on the Wii U because we need right. the Switch to sell, or you yeah. know, whatever." I, w- I wouldn't put it past them if that conversation came up. They're like, hey, we'll help you with this if you exactly. move this to Switch. You'll have yeah. our resources at your disposal to get it on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully. I, 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 I really strongly think that that might be the case. Yeah. And that's fine. You know, it makes sense. Yep. Um, and as someone who is getting a Switch, I know it, but it, it's not that big of a deal for me as it is to some of the really, really hardcore Nintendo fans who... Well, it's a certain type of person I think is upset. Really hardcore Nintendo fans that can't afford a Switch but don't have any other consoles. And right. Yeah, it, it's a very small group, but it obviously is a group that's there. Very vocal group. Yeah, very vocal group. <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, it is a small group. Yeah. So um, I guess yeah. I, I guess mow some lawns, donate some plasma, get a Switch. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I think two other bits of news for Platonic and Ukulele. Um, one of them is bundled into this backer update and uh, pretty much was announced the day our last episode came out um, or the day after, I guess. And that Ukulele is gone, has gone gold. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. I, I realized that that was at the beginning of the week. So we kind of <laughs> forgot about it, but yeah, it has officially gone gold, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So that probably means that, um, What's happening now for these is probably the, the copies of the discs are being pressed. And I imagine yep. that the Platonic themselves are probably hunkering down on the Switch port to try to get that um, available by uh, April. Which I hope, I still think there's a good chance they can pull I it off. I think they can do it if it's a digital one. Yeah. yeah. Especially if it's digital only because they don't have that extra, you know, month, uh, month and a half of so manufacturing carts. When, when did it officially go gold? On Monday the 30th Monday was when the, they announced it. Monday the 30th. So let's just say March. Friday. So assuming that they started pressing discs then, then it probably only takes like a little over a month to... Yeah, most studios say it out. takes a month. So if you think about it though, then then at worst, if they can make the digital switch release by, by the launch, then it seems like worst case scenario, they might get like the physical version a month later. Mm-hmm. Assuming that's, you know... A priority for them on the roadmap right away, which I think that it would be. I'm pretty sure it would be. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I I don't think that's too bad. You know, if you really yeah, I I think we'll have it at least by E3. I mean, I don't see why they couldn't. Right. Yeah. I know. 
And a lot of people care about their about the, the idea of owning the spiritual success for the banjo and a cartridge is really cool to a lot of people, including mm-hmm. myself. So, yeah, and you know, for you and to them, it's like you know, that's that's cool. I I don't understand it, but I, <laughs> I can respect it. We, a lot of people like their physical things, and I think yeah. it, it means a lot more to a lot of us who have, don't really particularly like a lot of the, like modern gaming trends. Mm-hmm. And well, I'm in that same boat. I really like a lot, like. The physical media is so useless on PS4 and Xbox One. It's just, right. there's no point to it. <laughs> it's a key. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. a key. Like, the idea of having the game actually be on the media that you buy is, I don't know, it's a throwback to simpler times, and it makes mm-hmm. us happy. I mean, technically, the media is on the Xbox One. If you, in the future, had an Xbox One that, you know, their services were down, you could put in the disc and play it. But it still requires an install and then all the updates. Yeah, I mean, you're playing yeah, it off the hard you drive. You're just reading, you're essentially just reading a license key off the disc to unlock what's on your, already on your hard drive. Exactly. That's <laughs> the bottom line. It's not, it, the only difference between it and a digital copy is that you can trade it in. Yeah. That's, that's, that's true. about it. If you're not planning on ever selling the game, then you may as well buy digital. The only yep. reason to buy physical really is if it, you know, you're a really, really big fan of what it is and you want, like, it as sort of a collector's thing. You want, mm-hmm. like, the case and whatever physical goodies come with it. Exactly. And, yeah. Or yep. if you really, if you know you're only going to play the game for a little bit and, well, just buy a physical copy used and then trade it back immediately. <laughs> right. So there's there's still purpose to it, but it's, I don't know, not it's not really exactly the way I want it the gaming industry to go right so but hey what you gonna do change future and all that so yep <laughs> um yeah the other bit of news uh which was announced on also on monday uh although grant kirkhope announced it a little bit before because he's grant kirkhope but uh justin cook has left rare and joined platonic uh, as a designer. And you actually had a chance to meet him, correct? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met him when I was at Rare. Um, nice guy. Didn't didn't really get a chance to talk to him or interact with him much. Uh, when we were getting our tour of the barns, uh, he was in the, the main Sea of Thieves barn. And uh, we got to say hi to him. So, yeah, uh, pretty pretty cool that I now officially know somebody at Platonic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's an, an interesting move because he is a designer and obviously ukulele is done. Um, so to announce a designer the same time that you finish your previous game is a pretty good indicator that he's going to start design work on their next game. Well, there's still the um, Yuka DLC too that they're supposed to. That is true. Well. He could he could do so. that, but I mean, they've got plenty of designers already. That's I, true. You know, to increase now wouldn't really make sense. Um, Unless, he, Unless. His, his job could be the DLC and the rest of the company is next project. It could, could be. be. I mean, it, it's not to say that it wouldn't. I just think it would make more sense to have the people that just, you know, have yeah, it fresh yeah, in no, their minds. But, but, you know, maybe a new, new eye. <laughs> um, but, yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, he was uh, lead designer on Viva Pinata. Um, probably both lead at Viva Pinata. Maybe actually. we're getting a Viva Pinata spiritual successor. who knows who knows um but yeah so that's exciting news Mm -hmm. that it is what a world we live in 
Indeed. All these awesome games coming out. Help us forget other things going on in the world. <sighs> so. And with that, I don't know that there's much more news in our world. There's no more news. That's it. We're done. Yeah, Everything's world, over. Nice We're all going small. to die. <laughs> there's no more news ever again. <laughs> um, yeah, that's. It's a pretty. Sh- as I said, it's a pretty short episode, but. Um, we will have a special surprise hopefully soon of what we were planning to do today that will has been postponed because of some miscommunications but it's going to be awesome and i hope you continue to listen for what yeah. happens <laughs> so as always uh we ask that you give us a like uh, subscribe follow us on social media facebook twitter instagram and uh yeah catch us online yeah do all of those things. Um, all right. Thanks for also, tuning in, everybody. Oh, hey, yep. one more one more plug. As far as okay. we never plug it, is we do have forums. And, we do uh, have forums. Yeah. Just wanted to bring that up because another one of uh, another fan site, um, Rare Gamer, is actually closing down its forums, and just yeah. you know, open invitation if that's a site you frequent. Maybe been frequenting those forums. We still have them. So. Yep. <laughs> go ahead, sign yeah. up. Would um, love to have continued place for. For all rare fans and mm-hmm. and platonic fans now uh to chat away and discuss these classic games and new games and all that good stuff yep and yeah that's all i had now we can end the episode cool yeah <laughs> we, uh, we should start plugging that more <laughs> yeah we should <laughs> all right well once again thanks for tuning in everybody and have a great week yep. you guys have a good one bye bye, bye.